0: The Center for Thinking Biblically is a ministry of the Masters University. Visit thinkbiblically.org for more information. All right, hopefully you've tracked with me throughout the entirety of these lectures. I, I started by describing the importance of understanding people biblically, giving you just a couple of reference points for how our culture might describe that. I'm moved to the functions of your heart, how your heart operates, and the priorities of your heart. That that God is the one that lays claim to the exclusive worship of your heart and my heart. And I wanna finish our time by drawing out implications. You see, if we can agree on a theology of people, on our anthropology, what we believe about the heart, then some of these implications will be the low-hanging fruit that we begin to pick as it pertains to people. The first thing that I wanna start with is that when we understand people biblically and the heart biblically, that is central to Christian worship. You see, Matthew 22, the passage that we read in our last lecture, it informs us that we are to love God with every ounce of our being. That totality of who we are is for God. Romans 11.33 says, "'For from him and through him and to him are all things.'" I have to get that right. You see, Christian worship is not an either or. Either I do these things or I have a heart that wants to please God. It's a both and. I do these things because I want to please God. We err when we go either direction. When we say, you know what? Just focus on the heart. Focus on your thoughts, focus on your loves, focus on what you're really wanting. Don't worry too much about your actions. That's not as important. That's an error because we know that the scripture calls us to obey. And in fact, there are many instances in scripture where your obedience is a measure of your love for God. John 15 would be an example of that and the vine and the vine dresser. So we know I I can't just say, well, just focus on the heart, but equally, I can't just say, well, focus on the externals. How are you dressing? How long is your hair? What movies are you watching? How are you spending your time? What substances are you not using? When I begin to just focus on the externals, then what takes place is I actually miss the reason why I'm practicing those things, the heart. You see, Christian worship gets both accurate. and When we want to honor Christ in our life, we're saying, I'm not just going to do things that honor Christ, I'm gonna attempt to want to do things. You see the nuance there? You see in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul says, you know it's commendable that you gave, you gave to help meet the needs of the church, that's great. But he also commended them for wanting to give. That's even more significant because I can do things for Jesus, but yet I don't wanna do them. I wanna be at home watching football. But when I say, you know what, there's nothing else I'd rather do than please Jesus in this moment. That's this pinnacle. It's a pinnacle of Christian worship because I'm not only obeying, you're not only obeying, but we're saying together, I want to obey. When I understand the heart, it's axiomatic for Christian worship. Secondarily, it's axiomatic for understanding people. I wanna share with you my lemon tree. Okay, not like physically share my lemon tree with you, but tell you about it. It's about 12 years old. Last year it produced two lemons. One of them, the only one that was edible. We sliced it, we put it in water, it was delicious. And then my kids dropped the other half on the ground and it was unusable. It was a sad day in our household, but the lemon tree has had these issues of not producing lemons. I've done everything I can. I've fungus, fungicide, insect issues, uncovering root systems. Inevitably, someone out there thinking, well, Greg, just do this. I I think I've tried that. I'm not sure, but I think I've tried what you're thinking of. Now, how silly would it be for me to go to the grocery store and to say, you know what? Grocery store, just looking for some lemons. I got a lemon tree that has problems. Can you show me where, okay, lemons are over here? Go, great. I, I got a basket of lemons now and I go home and I begin to hang all the lemons on my lemon tree. No one does that, right? That's nonsensical. Well, why is that nonsensical? Because you recognize that I can't just grab the rotten fruit off and put good fruit on and the lemon tree's good. We may not be expert tree growers, but we understand that, right? You see, that's true for people as well. Understanding the heart is axiomatic for understanding people. Sometimes the way that we approach people is very much like trying to just swap fruit out on a lemon tree. Hey, there's some bad fruit there. Let me, here's a better one. You do that. Hey, you're not growing enough fruit. Here, let me hang some more fruit on the tree for you. That's nonsensical. It it doesn't make sense. But why does it not make sense? Because you know that there are deeper root issues. When you understand people from a biblical perspective, you recognize that when you're seeing these words and you're seeing these actions, guess what? Those aren't the root issue. Those are a manifestation of the root issue. But I, I, I can't say, well, let me just get a new fruit and hang it on there for you. I just say, well, we got to talk about what's going on at the level of the soil, of the water, of the nutrients. And when I begin to address that, guess what changes? Well, the fruits change. If I don't understand the heart, I become the lemon stapler guy, the the one that's just trying to swap out maybe the bad, the fruit that I don't want, just trying to swap that out with the, the good, the fruit that I do want, but I'm not truly getting to the heart. I'm not really getting to the root issue here. So this faulty categorization or just a, a flat-out wrong categorization of people that isolates their behaviors, their actions, their words, their thoughts, and it doesn't connect them back to their immaterial man, to their heart, it's just wrong. It's just a wrong understanding of man. One of the things I tell my students regularly, if we understand people incorrectly, then we will help them incorrectly. Okay, I briefly alluded to that earlier. If I don't understand you, then I will actually not only fail to help you, but I could actually help you in an unhelpful way. If I don't understand you, I can't help you. You see, I would say that understanding the heart is central to caring for people. Well, why is that? Because no matter how good intentioned I may be, if I don't understand you and what makes you tick from a biblical perspective, I'm not going to be helpful to you. I'm not. I'm going to miscategorize. I'm going to misdiagnose. I'm going to come up with wrong solutions. You see, because wrong perspectives about men lead to wrong methods and helping men. Wrong perspectives about man lead to wrong perspectives in helping man. I'm a biblical counselor, I mentioned that at the beginning of this series. Biblical counseling often stands in contrast to secular psychology, a whole field of individuals who are making prescriptions and recommendations about man that are based on faulty anthropological conclusions. This is just wrong, that's just not an accurate way to describe people. So if you have a faulty anthropological conclusion, you have wrong beliefs about man, then what happens? You begin to set up structures for caring for man that are just wrong. They're unhelpful. It's not accurate. That's not the way that we work. So why does it matter that we get an understanding of people right? Well, it matters in part because if we're going to help people, we really have to understand who they are. If we're going to help them, we really need to understand how God views them, what makes them tick, why they do the things that we do. That's why. Last but not least, one of the implications that's necessary for this is that we see the centrality of the gospel. You see the centrality of the gospel. Grab your Bible, let's go to Jeremiah. I love talking about a biblical perspective of man, not because it just fascinates me or I just get lost in it. But when you see people from a biblical perspective, what takes place is you immediately must see the necessity of the gospel. How can I talk about a person's inner man thoughts, heart loves, desires, how can I talk about those and not talk about the need for God to make me new? to make me new. You see, in Jeremiah 31, what you see is the promise of the new covenant. You see, you and I as New Testament believers, we are participants in this new covenant. We have seen God do this work experientially in our life. What work is that? Look with me, this is verse 33. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they no longer shall teach, excuse me, and they no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. That new covenant that you and I get to participate in is this participation in God making our inner man new. That in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, we also see it described as taking away your old heart, which is a heart of stone, and becoming a new heart, a heart of flesh. When I see that this new covenant is part of how God is transforming me, and that new covenant begins at the level of my heart, then that sets the stage for, I can't do this. I can't do heart change apart from Jesus Christ. Can you? Can you zap all of those desires and thoughts that are wayward, the loves that are wayward? Can you zap all of those in some way? Have you found that way yet? You can't. You see, when you understand the heart, what it does is it puts the gospel on display because we say, Lord, we are incapable of transforming ourselves. We need you to transform us. The gospel becomes on display because now I see that if the heart is the center of the issue, if that's really what makes me tick, it's really what describes why I do the things that I do, then I need Jesus. I do. I need his help. I need the new covenant. I need him to mediate, to help me put off that old heart of stone, to impress the law of God upon my heart so that I can live in a way that honors him. So in conclusion, when when we talk about biblical beliefs of people, you might think to yourself, well, it doesn't matter, Like, if that's what you wanna believe, that's okay. Uh, If that's the perspective that you wanna hold, I'm okay with that. But the problem with that line of thinking is when we get to the solutions for man, the solutions for how to help man, a faulty anthropology will lead to faulty conclusions. Dare I say, if I get rid of the heart, if I get rid of sin, if I get rid of the problems and the perspectives of people as God's described it, then what happens is now my solution is other than Christ. Well, we can fix it ourselves, can we not? Let's just find some self-help mechanism. That'll do it, that'll do the trick. Uh, what is it? How much time do I need to go to the gym again? Okay, I'll do it. What diet is it? Okay, I'll do it. W- what type of therapy do I need? Okay, I'll, need to, I'll enter into that therapy. Because at a, at a very basic level, my beliefs about people have shifted, so my solution for people has shifted. So why does it matter so much? Well, it's not that we just study man for the sake of studying man, it's that we protect the fidelity of the gospel and say that it's about Jesus Christ. And if I change my anthropology, I'll change my need for Christ. So in this series, the intent is to communicate what you believe about man shapes the way that you help man. But most importantly, it will shape the solutions that you offer to man. How do you teach man to give their entire heart to the Lord? How do you teach man that only through the work of Jesus Christ in the new covenant can they have a new heart and be a new person? That all comes down to your anthropology. Thank you for listening to the Center for Thinking Biblically podcast. To help support this ministry, please visit thinkbiblically.org forward slash donate. To learn more about the Master's University on campus and online undergraduate and graduate programs, visit masters.edu.